episode two of I Dream of Cameras, a podcast from the gang at Sunny 16 Presents. I am Jeff Greenstein. And I am Gabe Sachs. And I dream of cameras. This is very exciting. I think we should start by thanking our legions. Oh, my gosh. Listeners. Please. Uh, Oh, my God. The army, the hordes, the validation. (laughs) I'm just not used to it. (laughs) So great. I got such great feedback and it was so nice. And everyone's so supportive and... You know, it's very different from what we're used to. It's <laughs> <laughs> totally true. There were no notes. There were I don't no know about notes. You. I there didn't was get no any network notes. staring at us and going, huh. And uh, so it was really exciting. And, and we yes. want to thank all of you. Yeah. So thank you for the feedback and, and keep it coming. We love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much. Um, this is our second episode, the one that we've had time to think about, our sophomore album. Um, and the topic for this episode, the overall theme we want to talk about is the hunt. In other words, how do we procure the cameras we procure? What are the steps? What are the places? What are the impulses and so forth? And so I sort of want to start with you, Nate. Uh, uh, Nate. You Nate? Nate for a minute. What happened? Did Nate I, want not want to host this? Is that what's going on? You were on? my second choice, Gabe. <laughs> Nate, whoever you are, I I'm thanking you now. <laughs> I, I don't know who Nate is. I want to start with you, Gabe, and say, how is how typically does the bug bite you to get a particular camera? How does it get in your head typically? Well, usually I will um, pretend that when I see an amazing photograph or this incredible photographer that the camera has nothing to do with it because, um, you know, they can shoot on a, you know, just hold a piece of film up and it'll look perfect. But I, I sort of start by, I'll either see a photograph or I'll see a photographer or it, it can be just someone on the street with a really cool camera and a really cool bag. And I'll go, what is that? Or I wonder what that's like. So it happens almost all the time. And especially... Yeah. You know, now when you go to these, you know, camera meetup like Beers and Cameras and you go there and you're just like, oh, my gosh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. It's it's the Disneyland for cameras. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's great. But I would say, you know, uh, anywhere like passing a thrift shop makes me want to go see if they have a camera. So, yeah, it's everything. Yeah. Those uh, those camera meetups. And I don't think I've been to as many as you have. I've got I went to. uh I went to a uh, FPP get together in San Clemente, mm-hmm. and uh, and a photo walk that uh, a local photo lab, Richard Photo Lab, sponsored a right. couple of years ago. Everyone always brings their A game. They oh. always bring their most perfect. exotic. It's yeah. perfect, and the camera bag has the perfect sticker and the pins. Yes. And the, yeah. Yeah, and so they always bring. I mean, I know I do. They always bring their most envy-inducing right. camera, right. which is designed to elicit rage in yeah. everyone else <laughs> it's true and <laughs> i there? it took me a long time to get myself to go to one of these like i really i really wanted to go and i'd see you know i started researching and then you know beers and cameras would have this event and i just would say i'm gonna go and i just couldn't get myself to do it and you know it's like being you know the new kid in school you just sort of you're gonna go there, and is anyone gonna to talk to you? <laughs> and it's like, how did you get yourself to do it the first time? I just, I had to do it. I just, I said, I just have to go. And and there was one in Long Beach, and I, I sort of after moving from New York, I grew up, went to high school in Long Beach, and I went there, and there was about ten people there, and yeah. with their cameras, and I just felt these are my people. Like I really right. felt like you're sitting there going, "Oh my gosh!" When everyone yes. zones out when you're talking about camera, it's like this. This beers and camera group is like they're accepting me. You know, they, yes. they get it. And 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 so you're you're talking about, um, you know, you're just talking about cameras the whole time. And I met some really great people, and that sort of got me going. And and it was yeah. small enough. And then the next one, I went on a photo walk, and 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 it was great. It was really fun. Yeah, I've had I had a similar experience. I'm very introverted. I get very anxious and shy in crowds of people. I never feel like anyone's going to want to talk to me, and so I sit by myself. You know, at a party, I'm always the one looking at the person's record collection. You know, I'm that guy. Um, yes. And yeah, I went to the the this photo walk, and there's an instant topic of conversation. And as you said, it's a topic no one else in your life is interested in. Right. And suddenly here. 20 to 40 people who are incredibly interested. Yeah, it's and yeah, really fun. And yeah, you see that camera around somebody else's neck, you know, and instantly there's a there's a subject for conversation and engagement. Yeah. 
It's really fun. What's a camera that you got fixated on based on seeing it around someone else's neck? I think it was the Roloflex. I think the Roloflex TLR. The twin lens, yeah. The twin lens. um, I, uh, you know, years and years ago, and and I just was fascinated looking down and realizing you're not sort of going to be in someone's face. You know, they don't really know you're taking a picture and, and on and on. I just sort of love the way it looked. I love looking down the camera. And that was one of those things that I was, that really got me going and said, I've, you know, I've got to find this camera and I've got to find the right one. And this went on and on. And of course, you know, you get one, (laughs) you're going to have to see if there's might be one to go with it. You don't want it to be lonely. But yeah, so I, um, that was the first one. I think definitely the Royal FX. Yeah. So, okay. So once the bug has bitten, I'm just curious, like, what is your next step? Like, do you get online and begin researching or what, what's your next move? Yes, I do research and and soon find that um, everyone has their own opinion very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so I will see this is the greatest lens. You have to get this lens. And then the very next thing, this is the worst lens I've ever had. The camera falls apart. This is not good. No one can fix them. Blah. You get so yeah. much conflicting information. So, but I knew I loved the camera. I don't, and I want to try it. So, um, the first thing was thrift stores. Now that's always a right. long shot, but I will go to every thrift store, antique store, and just ch- check as many as I can. Then I will go to the camera shows. But I've sort of it's hit and miss at the camera shows. You have to know the dealers, and you have to know yeah. who sells good stuff and who stands behind their equipment, and on and on, and then. I will check online and, you know, the B&H and the, you know, KEH and, and check as many things. But usually it ends up with something like that to be a private individual. So it's either someone from uh, a group or it's some 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 camera group on Facebook or um, or someone I've met or I put the word out and or at a camera store. Someone knows someone. And I think that's, you know, so it is, it is a long process for me, but I'm very excited to get it. And then, you know, all the things you can do with it. And then I shoot it right away. So, yeah. So, okay. I want to just walk through a couple of those modes of uh, engagement that you just described. Sure. I have not done a lot of thrifting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like in Los Angeles, it's so difficult because everyone knows exactly what they have. Right. Um, and there's one or two thrift stores in the deep San Fernando Valley that I really like. I mentioned last time there's one where I got an SX70 for 20 bucks, and that, I considered that my biggest score. Actually. That's awesome. Um, so how do you find these places? Do you just go online and look in the you know look in the listings for thrift stores and hit them up? Well, I've been lucky to travel a lot for work. I mean, when we weren't in a pandemic, um, yeah. but you know, in Vancouver or in Oh, sure. You know, in Albuquerque or New York, or I will travel all over in New York. Um, there's that flea market in the 70s on the you know Upper West Side. And, and But again, you're right. There's a lot of people who know what it is and what they have, and you're not sure what the condition is. But I will, um, I will go to all kinds of antique stores because you just never know. Wow. And in wow. my mind, I sort of figure out by calling, you know, repair people and see what it would be to do a CLA on a camera, clean it, um, because then I can sort of judge the price there. If it's, if I get it and it's, and I do minor testing, you know, that I am capable of, um, and then build in a cushion there. So if it does cost, you know, I'm not upside down on the camera. Right. I can actually. What's your, okay. So thrift store wise, what's your like biggest score? What's like the best? My biggest score in a thrift store was, um, actually two weeks ago. Ah, okay. And two weeks ago I was in Long Beach and I was shooting and I went to some thrift stores on, uh, fourth street and they're letting very few people in obvious reasons. And yeah. I waited on, I went on, and I get there, and it just, is, you know, my mom had worked there when I was in high school. It was one of those things she volunteered um, at this uh, Cancer League thrift shop, and and I go through it, and I go through it, I go through it, and I go, oh, this is really nice. And then I see a cabinet with three 
Leica cases. And I'm like, I'm their cases. There's no way. So I said, could you open them? She goes, they're cases. And I go, oh, I'd love to see them. And so I see the cases and I pick them up. They're very light and empty. And then, and then the third one was heavy. Oh, and I opened wow. it up oh and it was God. a pretty much mint condition 1949 Leica 3C with a 50 <sighs> millimeter Sumatar. And it was $200. And That's they amazing. said they would take 175 And I bought it and loved it. Like, I mean, I loved it. Wow. I, 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 you know, I just love those things. And, 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 you know, the other process, which I keep forgetting to mention is garage sales is almost yeah. my biggest one. Garage really? sales is almost the one where I will go and find something. And that my biggest, I will just tell you my biggest find at a garage sale. And, and that was in Westwood. Yeah. And it had a tiny, tiny sign says garage sale. And I went there at five o'clock and, and he was sort of putting stuff away. He was 95 years old. We got in this whole conversation. And mm. I said, you're having a garage sale. And he goes, you know what? I'm, I'm moving into apartment. And you're the first customer of the day. <laughs> I go, it's five. <laughs> I guess. He goes, I said, yeah. I said, I said, well, the writing was kind of very small. I happen to be walking by. But if you were. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, no one came by. And so I'm going to donate mostly everything. And, and I said, do you have any cameras? And he goes, you know, my wife was a photographer. So he went in and he brought this box of cameras and he put them down and I, I went I went through them and I found one that had an old weathered Leica case and I picked it up and asked him about it. He goes, my wife was a photographer and that was her first great camera oh, wow. in 1934. Oh my God. Wow. And I said, oh my gosh. And so I opened it up. And I, I tested as much as I could. I didn't know what it works. I said, how much do you want for it? And he goes, $10. And I go, uh-huh. I'm not giving you $10 for this Leica. Uh-huh. And, he, and I go, this is spectacular. I will pay whatever you're asking. I mean, you just tell me. what I can tell you what they're worth. He goes, I don't want to know what they're worth. He goes, I have no use for money. I have no interest. This stuff is just going to be donated. So if you're going to use it, I would love you to use it. And so I said, I, I couldn't believe it. So what I did is I bought tons of stuff that I didn't need. <laughs> a blender. So, I felt a so oven. guilty. I must spent $200 <laughs> on stuff that was just like there, you know? And, yeah. I just, and he was cracking up. I just had to buy this stuff that I gave it away. And, but it was that was my biggest find, and I That's sent amazing. it into. Wait, what Leica was that? What was it? It was a three. It was a black paint Leica three. Oh, a black and paint. a really early one, no, nineteen thirty four, and with the matching lens. I mean, it was. He said Great. it was all bought together, and I sent it off to be checked out, and they sent it right back, and they said it works great. Don't you don't Amazing. it's not going to car- charge you anything. And so that was that's uh, fantastic. That's my biggest find. Well, see, okay, that's interesting. Okay, uh, I don't hit a lot of garage sales. There are no. stores, you know. I always find if I'm driving by and there is a camera readily apparent on one of the card tables, <laughs> I'll slow down and stop. But I don't, again, because I fear people. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little afraid of getting out and having personal interaction. <laughs> so. My principal means of in-person acquisition is camera shows. Right. And I think you and I probably go to the same ones, right? There's the one in Pasadena. Yep. And then there's the one in, um, well, now it's in uh, Anaheim, I guess. Right. Um, And I have gotten a lot of things at camera shows, and I've gotten to know a lot of the dealers at these shows. And... It's great because you actually, actually, you know, as opposed to an online listing, you can actually handle the thing in question. And you right. often see something that was not even front of mind right. when you went to the show. But you're like, oh, a Nikorex F. I wonder if I want one of those. Oh, and yeah. you can see how it actually feels to handle it. Um, now, you've, you know, been going, got, you've been going a long time. So you yeah. also know the dealers that are yes. great and the dealers that will sell you something that's so broken that you can't, you know, they just want to get right. rid of it. Yes. Yeah. And the guys who will negotiate, there's yeah. one guy in particular who knows that I love Minox. Right. And so I know that if I go to his table, he'll have one or two interesting Minox things. And that, and you know, if you're on a good basis with them and you don't try and knock them down too much on the price, yeah, they absolutely. Be really, really good friends. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, like I remember a camera show several months ago, obviously pre-pandemic because I haven't been to one since, but um, I saw an OM-1 on mm-hmm. the table with the, with, you know, with the 1.4 lens. And I've always liked the OM-1. And they're not really expensive on eBay. Right. I don't know why, but it never really became a big collector camera. But I picked it up. It was in beautiful shape. Turn it over. I do the evaluation, and it's like, why not? I think yeah. it was like forty bucks or something. That's like, great. why not? An OM1 is an amazing system camera, and so I'll sometimes that's it's a good place for impulse buying, right. which is something that in the more kind of thoughtful modes that we've talked about doesn't always happen. Right. Um, it's also a great place. I, we were we're going to do another episode about expired film, which I know you have a lot of. Right. But it's a great place to vacuum up expired film and weird accessories, filters for next to nothing, right. cases, manuals, things like that. Um, I do want to talk about because about evaluating, like when you have the camera in your hand. Right. What do you do if you're at a thrift store or at a garage sale or something? You pick up the camera. What are your steps? What do you walk through? Well, if it's something like I've wanted for a long time and I've hunted for a long time, I have to calm myself down. So usually, <laughs> That's step I'm, one. You, step one is calming myself Deep down breathing. and not being so excited that I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta get this home. I gotta get it home and and try it out and and so. I try it out. I do the thing. I do the speeds where I put it on, you know. Right. You know, put it on one, you know, see how it sounds. It's it's usually never at a second. It's usually, right. at, you know, a little more. Um, and I usually check the glass. I mean, I, I click a bunch of times, check, make sure the shutter's working, how it feels. I shake it a tiny drop, make sure nothing's shaking. Yeah. Um, I will look through the lens, although I am not, I am so far from an expert on any of this, but I don't, you know, shine a light or anything. I'm sure that's what you should do. But, um, I just look and see if it's clean, not too many scratches on the front. And the interesting thing is I've gotten lenses with scratches that it's great. The lens is fantastic. It's, it's one of those things that, that, um, that I'm just not, I just don't know enough about testing them, but I, but that's usually routine. And if it passes that, then I will, you know, usually get it. My issue is when at those camera shows, there's occasionally the person, usually a like a person where the prices are astronomical. Yeah. And that's where I sort of, I don't know enough about what it should be, or if this is an extremely rare version or on and on. So I just don't, you know, that those things I usually obviously pass over. What uh, what's a warning sign when you pick up a camera other than like the obvious, like, you know, the shutter speed dial is missing or what, what, what is there's, it that'll cause you to back away? A, there's a lot of dents that I have. I have seen. Yeah. I picked up cameras with so many dents and sort of. You know, holding it up different ways to you know see how level it is. If it's yes, rocking, yes. it's probably not a good idea to get that camera. Um, but I think that that's a red flag, and I think that if it's something that's obviously something wrong with it that I can tell, and then the person is overselling it, like yeah. why it, that it's nothing, it's not a big deal, or stuff like that. It's just yeah. a lot of is is the interaction with the the seller. You know, either yeah. the person who owns the camera or, you know, sometimes it's, you know, this was my, you know, grandfather's and I right. know nothing about it. Here's what you can get in eBay. I would like to get close to that. Yeah. You know, then I sort of see. I get it. How to, I mean, when you come across something, a highly coveted something, and you see that it has a dent or it's got an engraving or maybe the lens has some scratches or the leatherette is peeled off. To what extent are you willing to buy something knowing it's going to need work? Oh, I'm I'm willing, I'm willing yeah? to do it. I I I think it it depends on the actual camera how expensive it would be. But um, there was um, a Contax T2 at the camera show, and it was also by you know the guys who are just selling their collections or their family's collections who just have a table for one week or something like that. And he he had this T2 for sale. And I said, what's wrong with it? And he said, if you look at the flash, there's sort of like a little burnt mark. He goes, but the flash works perfectly. 
So I tried it. It worked great. And it was, I think it was $175. Oh, man. And I bought it and it worked great. There was nothing there. But he goes, he goes, most people won't buy it because of this little tiny, looks like a burnt mark in the flash, which I'm sure everyone's going, oh, you dummy. (laughs) Everyone listening is going, (laughs) you know what that is? It's a blah, blah, blah. So I have no idea what it is. But anyway, it, it, it worked great. So it's those kinds of things. Engravings, I get... The only reason I get nervous, not engravings, I get nervous when things are scratched off. Like, I get worried. I don't want it to be a stolen thing because I've had cameras stolen. I know what that feels like. And so when when it's a serial number or something like that, I get a little, you know, I'm not sure. And who knows? Yeah. I tend... I mean, if it's... I guess it to me, and maybe this is patently obvious... To me, the amount that I will tolerate deviations from the norm is proportional or inversely proportional to how how rare and desirable the camera is. Like I talked last time about the Alpa, which had tons of engravings and worn paint, but I realized this is a rare object. It's not like I'm going to have 15 of these to choose from. And as it turned out, when I got into researching the engravings that were on the camera, it actually had an amazing story behind it. That's it great. turned out that the camera had been a student camera at the Center for Media Resources at the University of Hong Kong. Oh, wow. And that somehow it had made its way back to London. And I was even able to reach out via the internet to one of the guys who used to work at the Center for Media Resources. And he told me the name of the guy who ran the department. It's all very interesting. Um, but if it's like a Nikon F, okay, and it's got a big gouge or the leatherette is peeling or it's got a big ugly, you know, you know, this belongs to Ted scratched on the base plate. I'll wait because I'm going to see a lot of other right. like Nikon apps. Right. So I'll put up with it. Right. I also, same thing. I check out, you know, the, does the aper- does the focus bind? Does the aperture, are there oil on the blades? Though I'm not even sure what that means when there's oil on the blades. <laughs> um, I check the shutter at all speeds. I also, if I can, try and check the battery compartment. Yeah, because that's I a find great one. that if a yeah, because if a battery's been left in it and it leaked, or if it's you know severely um, corroded, that's like a big expensive repair. And yep. so I try to stay away from those. But the other thing I notice is at a camera show, the more nervous the seller gets when you're evaluating, yep. the more you should stay away from it. Like yep. they try and like, do not touch that one. You know, yeah. when you get that kind of thing, yeah. it's like, well, then you that you know, even if you know that guy is going to be back there next month, I try and stay away from those things. Oh yeah, no, there are there sellers that have been there for years and years and years, yeah. and they continue to, yeah, you know, we'll we'll sell you on anything. So yeah, I also have a thing where if I see it at the camera show and I'm kind of on the line, I ask the guy to just keep an eye on it, and I go for a walk. And then I come back and I see how I feel about it after going for a walk. Because sometimes I can get very emotionally caught up. Oh, yeah. And I have to make sure that that feeling is going to stick. And also I need to make sure that if I walk out of there without it, I'm not going to feel terrible. Right. Because there is that. There is the regret of the thing that you didn't buy at the time. Do you ever... um, I occasionally will... I'd say stalking is a bad word, but following someone selling other stuff to dealers oh sure I will, I will sometimes follow and overhear them discussing what they are <laughs> selling and i get very uh interested maybe but i uh i've gotten some really great stuff by doing that and they'll go to keh and sell something or if keh isn't interested they'll go try oh, another okay. dealer and the dealer will offer so little that they usually walk away and then I'll go up to them and I'll say, how much do you want for it? That's and usually usually it's it's way reasonable anyway, whatever they wanted. It's yeah. not like they're trying to rip you off. They want to genuinely get rid of the camera. That's and so that's happened a lot with Rolinars, um, you know, for my Roloflex to the close-up attachments. Oh, okay. And those little lenses and stuff like that, they're really, really expensive now. But... You know, I've run into people there that that no one was interested in buying them or the seller had or the the, you know, the camera dealer had too many of them or something like that. So I've been able to get stuff like that when other people 
you know, that's when the dealer canny. doesn't want to buy it. That's like, like reading the obituaries in New York to find apartments, <laughs> right? <laughs> it sort of is. It, 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 it really is. You know, just like, oh, um, I've overheard you discussing this camera. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I will do that. And they, they come in all the time, you know, with trying to sell stuff. And, and usually it's a beautiful camera. And the great dealers are so respectful and great and on and on the bad dealers will tell them how bad their camera is <laughs> and that basically you should use it as a doorstop right? just right. to get them to sell it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there's um, there are some great deals out there which make the seller happy and you're happy. Yeah. And it's, it's, I love it. Now, this is just a sidebar, but we touched on this briefly and I just wanted to go a little further into it. When friends give you cameras that they saw that they know you would want or that belonged to a deceased relative and so forth, do you take them all? Do you, are you, I actually, do? I, the reason I take them all is because they're so excited about yeah, giving the camera true. and I don't want them to feel bad. I want, I, yeah. and look, sometimes they're fantastic. Um, uh neighbors have given me cameras but you know sometimes they'll give me a camera that you know doesn't work or it's not usable or it's too expensive <clears throat> it's great i love the thought of that people are thinking of me because i know one day they're going to come to me with a camera that i'm going to love and yeah. i'm going to want so but i've been the thing it, is yeah the thing is if someone gives you the camera that belonged to their dead grandfather you can never get rid of it never <laughs> never never because i'm the person who is always going to think they're going to come over for dinner. That's right. And they're going to go, oh, my gosh, how's that camera? And I'm going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and before you camera. know it, you're in a sitcom episode. Right, exactly. Where you're frantically trying right. to get it. I'm right. trying to duplicate it. And they go, no, that's not the camera. No, it's exactly that's the right. camera. No, it's not uh-huh. the camera. Yeah, no, I, I understand that because I get very nervous when, yeah, people are going to hand that over. And yes. I, I mean, but usually there's, you know, great stories with them and i just you know i'm very appreciative of that yeah all right well let's talk about the uh the on i mean well wait i just want to say before i forget this so you said that the distance between that initial like frisson of interest and actually acquiring it can often be a very long time which i think is interesting it can be a long time but i'm seriously the most impatient person i have as I told you, my brother's the one who reads the directions. Yeah. I'm the one who wants to play with the toy right away. Yeah. And so I, um, that's the frustrating. And when I can't find it, it makes me crazy. Like it's one well, of those so then things. Why, like, it's interesting, though, that you choose a mode of acquisition primarily that involves <laughs> a lot of searching yeah. as opposed to just going on a website. Like I'm going convinced. To- first of all, I haven't, per- I purchased stuff from eBay, but. I'm so nervous that I'm the one who's going to get open the box. It's going to be, you know, I'll shake the glass and the, the lens. Oh. And they'll be just like broken glass and then I'll never get, you know what I mean? I'm I'm so paranoid about that unless it's someone with 100%. I always look yeah. for 100% and that I can have some communication with, you know, that's fine. So, yeah, I know you can get it right away. But look, in in when I'm in New York and I'm at B&H... I pretty much pull the trigger quickly. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I yeah. will. I will talk to those guys. They're so knowledgeable. At, you know, use camera desk and just talk cameras forever. And there's always be one thing that I'll be there, and I'll just go nuts. Yeah, but like if you wanted, like a Rolinar is a perfect example. That's an accessory that's it's fairly likely you're going to find yes. the access the version right. you want. Right, whether it's on eBay or some independent camera shop or Keh Adorama, right? Sammy's, they're going to have that. Chances are. Not as fun. (laughs) Not as fun. See, for me, this is interesting. Maybe this is an interesting distinction between how we both approach this. I love the research phase. I love reading every article, every link. I have a huge library of camera books. Do you have a lot of books on cameras? What? Do you have a lot of books on cameras? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I have this, this whole, the whole wall of the room that I'm in is photography Love and it. so i have a lot of old books uh the old consumer guide reviews of cameras <laughs> so like if i decide that i want to know all about the miranda sensor x right i have a very deep bench of material here to read about like what what did they think about it at the time and i love to go 
on do a Google book search and look at the advertising. Oh, that's time. great. Like, what was the company promoting and how much did it cost when new and what did contemporaneous reviewers say about right. it versus what people say now? I love that phase and I love to bathe in that phase for as much as possible, but then I must have it. Yeah. Like I must have it. And then it becomes about kind of like you did this to me. This is one of the things I was very eager to talk about today. I have wanted a panoramic camera for a very long time, <laughs> for a very long time. Uh, I had a sprocket rocket for a while, which is a very fun right. camera to use, but it's a plastic lens. I don't love that. I got the panoramic kit for my Pentax 6x7. That was a lot of fun. Right. Loading and unloading, not so fun, right. but that was fun. Of course, there's the inevitable flirtation with the X-Pan or what is it, the TX1? the Fujifilm version mm -hmm. is the TX1. And so you find yourself looking at listings from Japanese sellers that have a TX1 in the original box. It's $3,500. Yeah. But this is something that I spent weeks on. But the LCD leaks, do you know this? No. In X-Pans, that it's a design flaw that the LCD panel leaks and so the numbers ooze out that would drive me yeah. insane, yeah. insane. If the numbers, if when I look down at the frame counter, if it says 21 and the one is oozing a little bit, it would just <laughs> mess with my head. <laughs> That's your pet peeve. Very, You're making uh, crazy. Uh, so, and I think every analog photographer goes through their period of fix fixation with the X-Pan because it's so cool and so desirable and so completely unobtainable. And then you hit me with the wide lux the other day. You started talking about your wide lux. And of course, you know, Silver Grain Classics did a piece on Jeff Bridges and his wide lux photography. And I read up on that and so forth. And this long simmering desire <laughs> just boiled over. It just boiled over. And I had to have one. And so I started, and for, I don't know why, but I had ignored the wide lux for a long time, but right. you said it was a lot of fun. I loved it. I love and it. So I mean, that, especially with, you know, I uh, this this um, surfer friend of mine, Anna Ergot, uh, on the beach just shot some stuff with it. I said, I want to try out this camera. And, and it just, you know, I, I was just so impressed with how it, uh, how the pictures came out. So it's, it's cool. really well, fun. I had to have one, and so I started looking. You know, it's I always like if I can buy from like an online real retailer like KEH or Sammy's or something. Nobody had one, so then it's down the eBay rabbit hole. Oh boy! And so I want to talk eBay strategy for a minute because this is what I did. Yeah. So I don't, you know, uh, in the case of the Wide Lux, I guess there is not a lot of distinction between the various models mm -hmm. apparently all the wide the f7 is pretty much like the f8 is not different than the f6 they're not right. that different so i just did a search for sellers in north america because i am into instant gratification and the times in which i have had to do returns for sellers in japan it's just a it's all worked out i've never had i've been on ebay for 20 years and i've never had is that right? Yeah, I've been on eBay for 20 years and I've never had an experience where I couldn't get my money back. Oh, if that's something great. Didn't work out. Yeah. But it takes a long time. And right. sometimes you end up having to foot the bill for the return shipping. And so for me, the easiest starting point is just to do a North America search and see what comes up. What is your strategy when you're doing that? Well, eBay, it's always, it's, again, it's the only reason I'm not buying from london or anywhere around the world or japan is the same thing i want it right away it has nothing to do it could be the mint condition perfect you know son of the uh of ernst lights but it's it's like one of those things that i um i need i want something now so i want it in in the u.s or somewhere close and i'm always that person who's sending a message after i purchase something just let me know when it's in the mail. Yeah, just want to know. Yeah, same here. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just encouraging them to, you know, to mail. But I will, you know, sometimes I'm usually the buy it now guy. I like I, that too. I do. Um, I enjoy the, you know, the when it was, you know, the e snipe of it all or any of those sniping 
things. I, I yeah, we're going to talk about that's that. That's really fun. Yeah. But but I think it's um, it's really 100% the first thing. Yeah. What they have for sale, um, that they've had more than two sales is helpful. Yes, I don't buy, especially if they have a feedback rating of like 16 and it's all for purchases and yeah, not yeah, for yeah, sales, yeah. I'll yep. kind of back away. Yeah, so that's sort of... Um, that's really it. You know, it's really going for that. And it's also the pictures that they post of the yeah. item and the details and how much they can tell me about it. Like the one liners don't make me happy. The yeah. two paragraphs make me happy. I like to know yeah. this is where it was. This is where I bought it. I have tested it or I haven't tested it. The, the shutter feels a little sticky. Speeds are a little slow. Right. You know, all that kind of stuff really, really uh, is helpful. Yeah, although there are two schools of thought, because on one hand, if you buy from a seller who specializes in cameras, that's great, because right. they're going to be able to give you all the information that you just described. But if you buy from the woman who was just cleaning out her uncle's condo, yes, you may end up with something where she says, I don't even know what this camera is, and she spells Leica, L-I-E-C-A, right, right, you know, right. in the listing. You know, uh, sometimes you'll end up with something extraordinary where they don't even know what they have. Right. Right, that's true. Right. Yeah, I I have lucked out once or twice with, uh, I think, an, one of my Olympus half-frame cameras mm -hmm. was something where I got it for well below what it was worth because I think it was just something where, you know, to this woman who was cleaning out the apartment is like, well, I got this, I have his cigar box, I got a, you know, a size 42 long tweed jacket, I just got to get rid of all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I like buy it now when you can do it, but I have... And I used to, by the way, what is your eBay feedback rating right now? Number you? you no, yeah, what's your number? Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm just trying to use this to, I want to use this to evaluate how long you've been on eBay and how this many things This is so interesting. I don't think. Okay, here we is, go. This is real this time. This is very real time. Dave this, is checking this right is now. very exciting. Let's see. See what happens. I'm very excited to see what this. Is. I have a number in my head of what I think it's going to be. Okay, let's let's see what we've got here. We're gonna. <laughs> uh, this is more complicated because this is on the new computer, so I don't have my. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you know, of course, this isn't. This is. We're. I'm sure it is not the case that everything you've bought on eBay has been camera related. It's possible that you've bought a piece of furniture or a gift or a something. Okay, <laughs> it's but even really so. rare. It's really rare that I bought anything, but. Uh, oh, okay. But cameras or okay. or typewriters, and that's a whole other uh, problem okay. of mine. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I mean, no, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what my 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 number. I is. I only know mine because I checked it this morning because I just left feedback for the guy I bought the Wide Lux from. Oh, and what is your number? Four hundred and thirty-three. Wow. But that's like over 20 years. So I feel like amortized over 20 years, that means I bought about 21 things a year. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess if you put it that way, that's two things a month. That's a lot. I know. So so let me ask you this, because, you know, so I'm on, of course, I'm on the phone and I can, I will, um, yeah, it doesn't uh, purchase history. Oh my God! It goes on no, and on. No, you just and go on. to the feedback rating. All right, I'll, I'll I'll filibuster while you're doing this. So, oh, filibuster, good. Okay, now I'm going to talk a little bit about sniping while you try and get your email. Oh, perfect. So I originally was the guy who would stay up until two o'clock in the morning to like snipe at the last minute, to put in a bid at the last minute, and so forth. And of course, like all of us, I would have a number in my head, like I am not paying more than $125 for this thing, and then I pay 260 And then there's the anxiety, the self-loathing, the guilt, the recrimination. So I eventually found this piece of software for the, I think it was for all platforms, because it was a Java app called JBidWatcher. Oh, wow. Which still works, which was something where you could set it to fire a bid for you. That's right. it. You would just say at one second to game time, at one second to midnight or whatever, one second to the expiration of the auction. And so I use that for a long time, but I don't know if that works anymore. And your computer has to be running. You have to have a good internet connection. So I recently subscribed to a sniping service called Gixen, G-I-X-E-N, which is like six bucks a year. Right. And you can set snipes and they'll fire them for you. And oh, wow. So the Wide Lux was kind of, I think, one of the first things that I got using this software, and it 
six bucks a year. I mean, I feel I've saved more than six bucks using this thing. So it's worked out well. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Gabe, it shouldn't be this complicated. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> so, um, I'll tell you. Okay, so here I am. Okay, 346. Oh, the number I had in my head was 316. Oh, wow. So it's close. Yeah. Okay. 346 and 346. all great. purchases. And yeah, never sold anything. Neither have I. Never sold anything. <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's a lot of stuff. And and the, yeah. per, the you just look at the purchase history and it just looks like it doesn't make any it's sense. It's a bloodbath, right? <laughs> yeah, it just... It just doesn't make sense. Like, the, here's the... Let me just tell you, like, I'm sorry to go into this, which go has nothing it. to do with this episode, but all I can tell you is that... So I, ha, you know, was doing... Was processing my own film, and I somehow misplaced everything. Tanks, beakers... What? Ev every, I don't know where everything is. So I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've got to go get some tanks, okay? Yeah, okay. So I go on eBay, and I look, and I look, and I can't... I find a couple, and... And uh, yes, people, I am. I need the plastic tank. That's all I'm going to say. I've said oh. it. I've admitted I'm a plastic okay. tank person. There's no shame. I'm in not that. the fancy, you know, stainless steel thing. Which I mean, I use stainless steel. But that's all right. I'm not going to shame you for it. One day, I well, will. actually, I'm using a lab box, which is like even more like that's even more gooberish than. Oh a my gosh, tank. I can't even. But so anyway, so I look and look and look, and I can't find. So then, of course, of course, instead of getting what I need, right? Getting the one thing I need and, and the one person. I'll yeah. go searching and go, oh my gosh, here's a really vintage one. How cool is that? This is yep. one I've never heard of. I'm going to buy that. So I buy that. And then I go, well, I'm going to need a backup. So <laughs> I, 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 so I look again and I see an even more vintage one, like one that's even oh. older. And I try that and on and on. And then I get, and then, so, okay, lo and behold, I've ordered four of these things, right? Oh, man. Oh, my God. And now they're all taking various times for the different parts of the country. In the meantime, I go up in my attic. There's this giant... I've searched the entire house for this stuff. And I go in the attic, and there's this one box that's, like, deep in the attic. It's just a junky box. Open the oh, box. No. There's everything. There's everything. Oh. 20 tanks, 20... <laughs> Everything, everything, <laughs> bottles, everything you can need, all the clips, oh, all the negative no. clips, on and on and on. So meanwhile, I'm going, oh my gosh, I just spent all this money on this on these things. And they come and not one of them is usable. Not one oh of them. They're all God, the old, what? like you can't, it's a whole different mechanism. It's a whole different thing. Oh. And so they're very what decorative. I'll just say that. What, they're very they're decorative. decorative. Okay. Very I, you decorative. know, it's funny. I did something similar. I got in my head that I wanted to start bulk loading. Do you ever oh, yeah, no, no. Oh, I have all that, too. Yeah. But I, ha I have it. I never said I've, I've used it okay. once. <laughs> I got in my head. I had I had avoided this for a long time. I think there's a lot of issues about bug loading, which I'll skip. Like, are you wasting three or four frames every time you load a roll? Stuff right. like that. Um, but I went down that same kind of rabbit hole, like, which bulk loader? Oh, look at this one. It's oh. vintage, and it's Bakelite. Oh, Bakelite's yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. oh, what about that? So I ended up buying one, new in the box, Yep. I, it was like 35 bucks. Yep. Of course, I could have gotten a brand new one. Of course. For 35 bucks, but mine's Bakelite. Right. <laughs> I, I, I understand this too well because yes. the, just the film cassettes alone. Like, I, I have a giant box in my garage of probably four loaders and, and, yeah. all, and the canisters. And I used to love doing it. And then, yeah. you know, yeah. fell out. All right. <laughs> All right, well, God, look where we are. I want to close out. All right, well, just two final topics to close out. I want to hear your worst purchase story, and then you're gonna, then we're gonna share our best, best story of the hunt. So, what is the worst experience you've had? Like the guy wouldn't take it back, or the person was mean, or the lens oh, fell off. I, <clears throat> yeah, I've had a lot of that. Um, let me look behind me and see what's happening. It's okay if there isn't one. What's happening? No, no, no. I, I have had one where um, it was definitely with a Roloflex, and I traded a lens for it. Oh, And gosh. I, unfortunately, it was sort of my start of my Roloflex fascination, and I didn't know enough about it. And it was as if he handed me a camera that was perfectly glued together 
like a toy. Oh. And the minute I got home, I pressed a button. It was like blah, 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 blah. Like everything oh. sort of fell apart. So the, the shutter was broken. And there was so much. I get worked yeah. sort of. And he said, yeah, that just needs a CLA. And then something else and something else. And it was just sort of had to have the whole thing redone. So it's just, oh, you had to have it redone. Yeah, but did I it, did actually but, have it redone. And it works now. It works now. But it was but it was expensive. Twice as much as I could have bought it for. <laughs> in mint condition, and it's not in mint condition. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, right. I sort of had a, did not have a, um, uh, did not have a great experience there. I, um, this is not as bad as that, actually, mm-hmm. because this, this was just a story of a return. But one of the, cameras that I had been fixated on getting. I think I mentioned I love Olympus half-frame cameras. I just mm-hmm. love them. Like starting with the original Olympus Pen, the Pen F. I have a couple of Canon half-frame cameras. But the the holy grail for Olympus half-frame camera collectors is the Pen W, mm. which is with a wide-angle lens. It come, It's the only Pen camera that came in black paint, but it was very bad black paint. So they blister and corrode and wear horribly. And it was the camera that Daido Moriyama did his NY71 book with. Wow. So fans of Moriyama love the Pen W. So they, as opposed to your normal Olympus Pen, which would go on eBay for like between 50 and 150 bucks, a Pen W will go between six and 800 bucks. Right. And it's exactly the same mechanism, by the way, just with terrible paint and a wider (laughs) lens. Right. I became fixated after like years and years. I was like, I got to get a pen W. And as I said, I'm always looking at North American sellers. Right. I found a North American seller who had one. The pictures looked good. I, you know, he said it's in great shape, not a mark on it. It was very expensive, more than I wanted to pay, but I paid it and it arrived. And this guy was, I mean, he, I'm going to, I don't want to say something rude. Well, I'm going to say this guy was like the person who shot the heart videos where the, the shots of of the other Wilson sister were like super, yeah. super tight. I know what you're saying. Like, I know what you're saying. You understand what I'm I saying. I understand. He, this guy had managed to take the most flattering photos of a camera that had broken glass in the viewfinder and, bro- you know, ter- like decaying light seals and all sorts of scarred paint where he had like that was in shadow in the right, photograph. Right, perfect angle. Yes, the perfect angle. And so it required a bit of like eBay intervention to get him to do the refund, but he ultimately did it. Oh, good. And then because I was fixated, I bought from a Japanese seller, overpaid again. The camera showed up and it's beautiful. Oh, good. It's beautiful. So I have a beautiful Pen W that I'm afraid to shoot with because I'm afraid that the the oils <laughs> on my hands will degrade the paint. So like, you just gotta I feel like do I got to work. I feel like I got to wear cotton gloves when I shoot with it, but I did finally get Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of like also with Craigslist, which I haven't done obviously oh, I haven't lately. Done that. Cra- yeah. Craigslist, I um I really wanted a Hasselblad 501 oh. CM and I just sort What's of What's the fi- I, on, I only know 500 Look, it's, What's it's, the 501? I can't. The first one I had was a 500. Like I'm talking about the oldest one you can imagine. This, this, yeah. It's really, just think of a box and beautiful. You know, the the just the way it looks. The sound of it is my favorite thing. The Hasselblad sound of that shutter is just the oh, coolest sure. thing ever. And then, so I wanted this 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 sort of an upgrade, but they were really really expensive, and so. I went on Craigslist. I was looking, looking. There was nothing there. They were expensive too on Craigslist. And then I saw this guy selling this camera he had just listed. And it was an Alpa and three lenses. Okay, so now you have to remember, I know nothing about Alpa except you. That You are my connection to Alpa. Wow, okay. And so I remember, so he he had them for sale. He said, I'd love to show them to you. And it was $350. And okay. I don't re- quite remember what the which one it was, but I went there and I said, "Let me see if I like this camera." Yeah. And so I met. I sent. We sent information back and forth on and on. Well, what happened is I saw the camera, and it looked great. 
the lenses look great. I tried everything. It was great. He goes, yes. And it was his uncle's. And he just, he okay. said, I'm sure it's worth more. I just don't need it. And I'm just wanted to sell it to the first person to be interested. And I went there. I said, this is great. So I give him the money and I turn around and he goes, you know, I'm a writer. Oh, no. And then for the next <laughs> three hours, oh. I was oh. so, look, I was so charmed, but I was charmed the first hour. So oh. the second and third hour, um, and I literally sat in a parking lot with him, and he was the nicest guy ever. But yeah. And I was happy to give him information. It was the pitching process oh, where it no. was like, look, I'm not sure how to pitch, but then would go on for two hours, you know, and then I would oh, help goodness. him and then on and on. But it, again, the nicest guy ever. And I felt like, you know what? That's a good investment. It's like, you've sold me a camera at a good deal. I'm happy to yeah. talk to you for as long as you want. I'll <laughs> talk to you fantastic. for hours. So I felt like I felt like this is great. So the next day was the camera show in Pasadena. And I go and um, go to the show in Pasadena. And I go to that gentleman uh, from Japan who only buys. He doesn't sell. And yeah. he just buys equipment. And it's always mint. Like people drop their Leicas there and you're drooling. Because you're going, right, oh my right. God, I want to buy that. And he boxes it up, sends it back to Japan. And I thought, I'm going to go to him. He's always been nice. And so I show him the stuff and I go, um, he says, I can only give you 1100 for it. Okay. And I said, fantastic. <laughs> I said, and I sort of tried it and I wasn't, I just, it wasn't comfortable for me, whatever, whatever model that camera yeah. was, the one that I had, it wasn't yours, believe me. Okay. And so. They're very weird. Yeah. So I, so he gave me $1,100. And Great. I turn around and it's it was like as if it was scripted. I turn around and a guy is trying to sell his 501CM <laughs> in the next booth oh to God. the guy. Yeah. And the guy says, I'll give you four hundred dollars for it. And he goes, No, I want I you know, I want much more. And, and he wanted I don't remember what he wanted. So I, so I walked out and I said, do you still want to sell? He goes, how much did you want? He goes, 850. He wanted 850 for it with a lens, with the back, with other stuff. I go, sold. Fantastic. He was, he was so excited and he was I so happy. It. And I said, look, this is the greatest thing ever. This is just fantastic. So what? That's um, amazing. That was, that's only happened once, but that was my, that was sort of the greatest sort of chain of events that happened, uh, with uh, the camera show and also getting a camera. That's great. All right. Well, gee, should I do my like great acquisition story? Yes. Okay. Uh, and we'll close out. Then I have one other thing I want to just say, do real quick before we close out. So anyone who becomes attached to Nikon gear eventually wants a Nikon SP. Would you agree? Yes. Right. They're beautiful. So, they're so beautiful. They're beautiful. And I mean, all the Nikon rangefinders, if you grew up like we did looking at the F and the F2, the yeah. idea that Nikon ever made a rangefinder, I remember when I saw the first one when I was a teenager, I was like, wait a second, yeah. what? Yeah. And I had never seen one in person. And I would see pictures of like the Nikon S, the S2. I think, it, yeah. And, the, you know, they're just so beautiful. And so I started hunting for Nikon SPs. At the time... My go-to camera repair guy was this old Israeli guy named Zvi mm -hmm. at Superior Camera in Sherman Oaks. Did you yep. ever deal with this guy? Yep. No, I know exactly. Do you exactly remember the guy? About. Yep. Yeah. So, oh, you already know where this story goes, actually. You, I think you might already heard this story. But, okay, so whenever I got a new camera and I needed it checked out, I would take it to Zvi. And he had this glass case of cameras in his shop that were just there to cause envy jealousy oh, no. that made me pain. crazy like, yep and so they were just there none of them was for sale they were all his personal collection every once in a while he might deign to sell you one like i got my olympus pen ft from him mm -hmm. um and it was in the glass case but it was in the lower part of the glass <laughs> it wasn't case prime real estate right right the prime real estate in the glass case was an sp and i asked him if i could look at it and he let me look at it and it was the first time I had ever handled one in person. You ever used one, Gabe? I uh, once, 
once. Yeah. I, I, so you know, it's, it's weirdly evocative of the F. Like, I think they share a lot of parts in common. Mm-hmm. Um, the shutter speed dial is exactly the same. The advanced lever is the same. But it's a rangefinder. It's just so super cool. Anyway, anytime you got a camera from Zvi or he serviced a camera, he would put a little gold sticker in the film chamber with his initials, the date, and it said superior camera. Oh, I've never heard so, this. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, you don't know this? Okay. No. So... Anyway, every time I went there to get some work done, I would say, how about that SP? I'll take good care of it. What do you want for it? I will not sell that. I will not sell it. Um, Months go by. I get busy with a show. I go back to Superior Camera, and there's a sign on the door that says that the place is closed, and there's a phone number. It's out of business, and I don't know what to do, and so I start calling and leaving voicemails like, what happened? Eventually, Zvi's daughter calls me back. Zvi passed away over the summer. Very sad. Mm -hmm. And of course, what I'm... First, I think grief, sadness, oh, you know, mourning. And then I think, what happened to all those cameras? But I don't (laughs) ask her. (laughs) I don't ask her. I don't ask her because I'm a good man. So I don't ask her. Right. Um, But I... It was the first time I ever saw an SP in person. Right. A couple of years later. I'm in Vancouver and I'm shooting a pilot. And uh, we're on location in a neighborhood, a part of Vancouver I've never been to before. Um, and we have a lengthy lunch break and there's a lighting change. And so I have like two hours off in the middle of the day. And so I asked one of the runners, like, are there any good restaurants around here? Are there any good camera shops around here? And the guy says, well, there's this little like shopping district a couple of miles, I'll drop you off there. So he drops me up and I'm gonna walk around. I walk around, there's a little camera shop. Oh my gosh. I go in the camera shop and in the back, you know how it is in these old camera shops. They're primarily at this point just doing one hour photo business, you know, but every once in a while they have four or five cameras in the back. In the back, on the shelf, is a Nikon SP. Oh my gosh. I'm like, wow, maybe I've always wanted one. Never. This is only the second one I've ever seen in person. Did you think it was for sale? Do you think it was on display? I asked the guy, I said, is that for sale? He said, yeah, we've had that for a while. No one's no one's bought it. And, it, and I asked how much, and it was a very reasonable price, but a little more than you want to spend on an impulse buy in Vancouver <laughs> on a pilot shoot. Anyway, he takes it down and I look at it and I test the shutter and it all seems in really good shape. And then I open the back and I will show you what I saw. Oh, you're kidding me. You're, is it the same one? It is the very camera. It has the gold sticker in it that says Superior Camera, and it's got Zvi's initials on it. Okay, so that it camera very was meant camera. for you. There's no, that camera was meant for me. How do you explain that? So I bought that? it. I don't, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. So I asked the guy, like, where did you get this? And he says, oh, the manager bought it at an estate sale or something like, like, how in the world that the camera, and this was, like I said, years after yeah. Zvi's passing. Yeah. So I had to get it and I still have it and I love it. It's and so great. What a great story. And that, that that's one of those things, but just think of all the steps it took. All the steps. To get there and for you to say, oh, I, you have a two hour lighting break. Yes. And you, yeah. Insane. Insane. We're the same so person, is- by the way. We're the exact same person because we would, they would hate us if we were doing a show together because- when I'm in Vancouver, the minute there's a turnaround, I am out the door. I'm walking the streets and <laughs> exactly. looking at thrift exactly. stores and on and on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that is my best. I mean, that's, I mean, that's an unbeatable That's story. unbeatable. I just, unreal. And, I, and so it's one of those, like, if I ever have to purge the collection, if the Coke habit ever overtakes me, <laughs> and I have to just get rid of it all, just to turn it all into Coke. Right. This is the camera I will have that's to That's the one. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right, one final thing. We just have a minute or two left. Gift ideas for the camera fiend in your life. People are always asking, what do you want, Jeff? What do you want for Hanukkah? What do you want for Christmas? Gabe, what are the gifts that you should get the camera fiend in your life? It's so interesting because I, there, there's, there's often gifts. I'm always this person. I sort of rush to judge unfairly, okay? <laughs> so let, let me give you, let me give you an example. So... Um, Japan camera hunter, you know, he's got it together. I mean, he's yeah. just organized. I, he has, 
he has helped me get through late night shoots like I can't tell you. Like there's a long turnaround. I will sit there and look at, you know, what's in your bag, that that in your yeah, bag section sure. I love for that. hours. I could just yeah. like and all the information on that side, you know, Bellamy's just got I mean, he's just great. And he just you know, it's great stuff. So but when when he came out with his own products, I was like, oh yeah. brother. I mean seriously. I mean seriously. <laughs> Are you, I mean, that's just obnoxious. And, and yeah, these film holders. And I'm like, oh, yeah. film holders. And then they came out in colors, right? And on and on. I'm going, that's so ridiculous. You just throw your film in a bag. Like, what is the big deal? Okay. So naturally, I'm getting chemicals for the dark room. And, yeah. and I see these and I go, well, maybe. Maybe yeah. I should try one. And I got two red ones. I got one for 35 <laughs> and, and one for 120. I couldn't be happier. Like, I'm uh, telling you, it's in my bag. It's I can go and see it right away and grab the film right away. I, wow. Same with the 35 bag and bags we'll get on in another episode. Yeah. But I think it's great. So that's a gift. I'm telling you that you would go. It's it's one of that. those luxury things. There, there, the, I always think that extra little thing that you would never get for yourself. So for, for I say for the digital film shooters, um, Cecilia, which is a great, you know, cam- very high on camera bag uh, company with, with leather camera bags on, on. They have this thing that it's a, and a, a lot of companies have this, but it's a CD card, you know, it's an SD card holder. Oh yeah, and, sure, but they're sure. elegant. They're cool, and they're and some are yeah. leather, and they have a strap, and they and it's just one of those things. That, oh, here's here's there's mine. Oh, so that it's is sort nice of looking. you know That's it's so it's, nice. It's one of those things that you can. Oh yeah, you know. So I I, like I would it. say okay. that you know an SD card holder is something at any film holder digital nice. film yeah. holders. You know, Kodak things like has that. those new metal ones, right? Yep. Just, yep. Kodak just super yep. cool looking. And then I, I would, would never s- think to buy one of those, but if you, I guess, yeah, but I guess it makes sense. I would say that. I would say anything. I there's so many, you know, independents like on Etsy and things like that that have straps. You know, beers yeah. and cameras just came out with a strap, which actually have oh, this no really kidding. cool. Oh, that's cool. They have this really cool um, little leather piece that you can put a, a one roll of film in. Yeah, it's great. So there's a lot of companies that have. Great yeah. gifts. And I think that it's the little thing. It's not getting the, you know, the camera or, you know, the right. really expensive thing. There's so many little accessories. The shutter buttons, the little, you oh, know, the yeah, soft the releases. Shutter, the little soft releases. Those you know, are so fun. Every kind and Etsy and everyone has some yeah. great ones. And yeah, those are my All right, Those are good. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, Mike Padua at Shoot Film Co. His stuff is great. His yep. t-shirts and all that film related swag is great official exclusive has great like pins of cameras oh like, I love, i've gotten those i have those yeah. yeah i have a bunch of those those are great but um but to me the the obvious thing whenever my siblings say we don't know what to get you just get me some film yeah i'm never gonna not want film yeah you know like and it can be as simple as just get me a six pack of tri-x i'm happy i'm gonna yeah. use it I'm going to have to buy it for myself anyway. But if you get something exotic, like, you know, JCH Street Pan is super cool. Revelog. I don't love those pre-flashed films, but sometimes those are fun. Lomachrome Purple. Like, there's all kinds of cool film stocks yeah, out there. Especially it's so to try. Easy. It's just fun to try. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really fun to try. So my overall advice for the camera fiend in your life is just, just get them some film. Yeah. Get them some film. It'll shut them up. They'll never be disappointed. And, and and just lastly, you know, um, which you know, if you're if it's too late now, obviously, but next year, um, the emulsive does M does the secret Santa. Uh, have you done that? I've done that, and this is the second year oh, I'm doing it, and I just think it's terrific. And and you you get to meet people, and you you know, it's just it's just fun to sort of share film with other people right now i haven't heard about it yet yeah it was really really cool so so i think it's done in you do it in october and then they draw a name and then you you then the person either has a list or or you just get them what what you want to get and it's it's always something it's very great good tip all right well so that's our episode two of i dream of cameras i dream of cameras we'll talk about the title uh, by the way 
Speaking of which, we are working on some swag of our own. Yes. Uh, maybe hoping to have that ready for you in time for your Christmas giving list. Fantastic. Um, um, but thank you all once again for your enthusiasm and interest. Thanks to the gang at Sunny 16 for the platform and the promotion. We we were very happy to be thrust onto the main feed. Very exciting. It was like suddenly appearing on Broadway <laughs> after, without even an out-of-town tryout. It's so true. Um, Yes, uh, but we will be back in a couple of weeks with more. Feel free to share your stories and send your questions via the sunny16podcast at gmail.com email address. Uh, follow Gabe Sachs on Instagram, G-A-B-E-S-A-C-H-S on Instagram. I, S. Jeff Greenstein on Instagram. Follow us. Enjoy us. Ask questions. Do it. However you can get in touch with us, get in touch with us. We're happy to hear from you. We are, you know, as as professional writers, we are very, very available on the the Instagram. (laughs) Snide into our DMs. Exactly. All right. Thanks for your time, gang. We are Jeff and Gabe. See you next week. Thanks so much, you guys.